Hi, beauty. I'm so grateful you were led to this podcast. I'm your host, Miranda. Hi. I'm a wife, coach, and mom to four world changers. And this is the Recalibrating Hearts podcast. It's my heart that in this space, you would encounter the love of the Father and receive downloads, revelations, and solutions for partnering with God in your breakthrough. You'll also hear how we're building our family, powerful prayers and declarations for you, and ways to incorporate natural solutions for whole health. I think it's time to normalize spiritual breakthrough and walk in freedom with whole hearts. Holy Spirit, you get full permission to recalibrate our hearts. Let's go. On this episode, I interview Jenny Good. Jenny Good is an empty nest coach and family estrangement mentor for Christian women. After navigating the death of her son, an estrangement from a prodigal adult child, she came out the other side determined to use her pain for God's glory. Woo! She answered God's call to coach women who have strained family relationships, empty nest sadness, or prodigal children who have turned their backs on Jesus. She wholeheartedly believes in the power of prayer, the importance of a godly mindset, and the ability to live in purpose and joy, even in the face of trials. Listeners get ready to be blessed by just a look inside. You know, on these interviews, we go deep. Holy Spirit literally invades our space because really he gets to, he gets invited. But there were like tears, there was, we were choked up, there was laughter. But there's something about being open to using your pain for God's glory and making that decision in the middle of the pain you get it, Lord. You get it no matter what. So I have not walked through some of this stuff really that a lot of my coaches have or listeners have. And I have not walked through some stuff Jenny has, but some of you listening will have walked through or may see yourself in her story. And so I just really believe the importance of using this platform, obviously for good and for heaven, but this platform for to get into your lives and your hearts different um, coaches of mine or clients of mine and also women and men who have impacted me to my core, but also impacted me where I'm like, we learn a lot from each other. So uh, sit back, get your notes or a cup of tea and listen and be so blessed. Jenny, what an honor to be doing this with you, my friend, and just thank you for blessing us with your message and whatever the Lord has for us. And we both know it's going to be good. If it's God, it's going to be good. Yeah. That is right. Miranda, I am truly so thankful, so so thankful and so honored to be here. From the moment that I first was in your presence, you always felt so safe to me, so loving, so supportive. And I am excited to come together with you and talk today I believe that anytime you and I get together, Jesus really shows up and brings blessings to that space. I agree. Thank you so much for that honor. Uh, Same here with your voice, Um, just how we were brought together and how anytime I listen to your podcast or your voice or just the messages, even in your email, emails we exchange, I'm like, this is a soothing voice of a teacher, but also someone um, who walks in maturity and I'm not judging fruit or whatever. It's just, you can tell there's just an element of Jesus in your voice. And so I know everyone within the sound of my, our voices and our frequency of our voices will be 
so blessed. So really listeners, my beautiful audience from around the world, please open your hearts up to receive what we have for you. I am so excited for really the freedom and the substance that's coming from this. Awesome. So I just knew, um, when we crossed paths too, I just knew you were a daughter of God who's walked with God and has overcome so much of what life through life threw at you, Jenny. Well, thank you so much for that validation, Mer. I appreciate it. It is truly my heart's desire to be a mirror of the light of Jesus. Um, you know, back in 2008 is when I lost my son, Zars. And I believe for me, there was a crossroads right there. I could have either pulled back from God or I could lean into him and surrender. There was really never even a question in it for me. I just leaned in and surrendered to God. And I remember walking into that hospital room, literally minutes after we had been told that Zars did not survive his accident. And I leaned over him and just sort of scooped him up into my arms. He was a really tall guy. So I could just kind of hug him into me. I couldn't pick him up, but I held on to him and I told Jesus that I knew that he did not need my permission to take my son home, but that as much as I was able, I was surrendering Zars to him in obedience and trust. And it would be another seven and a half years or so before I fully dedicated myself to Jesus. But that was a turning point for me, surrendering in that pain it revealed that my soul was longing for the safe father that I did not experience in my human life. My human dad, I love him a lot, but unfortunately he was not a safe person. And I think losing my son was the beginning of me healing from that broken relationship and learning to lean on God as my father. Wow. I am Wow. I am like, um, in a good way, overwhelmed with just the transformation, but the really trade I, I'm learning more about trades. And so I'm not trying to trip anyone up. You traded your pain without even knowing it. You traded yeah. the deepest pain that you could experience on earth, a, a parent losing a child, which definitely I'm like soups emotional right now. So I'm holding it together, but you traded it and, and, and added obedience and trust to it. Like, are we even like uh, hearts? I just, I don't know if moms right now, uh, dads, um, grandmas, whoever's listening has experienced this. They get this opportunity. Your testimony unlocks this opportunity for them to come and meet with Jesus here. And I know something, this is going to happen. It's going to be in Jesus name. We just declare healing balm yes. over the hearts listening and the ears listening that if you need to exchange or trade or hand it over and give Jesus your pain. You guys of somebody, you lost a child, you lost any, anyone you lost just that loss in general, right? Oh, he's, yeah. there's an opportunity right now. Can't you feel it? It's like, Oh yeah. Yeah. I think the enemy tries to ensnare us in this lie that if we're going through something, a loss of some sort, it could be a death or some other sort of loss that there's a circumstance that's happened to us and that there's nothing we can do about it. But praise God, there's always something we can do about it. We literally can lay it at the father's feet and he can give you joy. That's why the Bible says that it's a joy or a peace that passes all earthly understanding because it doesn't make sense in the human world, right? That we could have joy, that we could have peace in such a 
stormy circumstance, but you truly can, and it actually can bring you closer to God if you agree and let it. And you're living proof. So there is no somebody telling you, no, it can't, and the enemy lying to you, Jenny, just like in my life. No, we experience life and we'll never go back, right? We experience the fire and the love and the, mm, oh God, the face of God, the heart of God, and the, it's not about feelings. It's not about logic. Like that's huge for someone, but I also want to touch on, I'm like living in this right here. God used the situation in my words right now. Um, God used it to also heal like the heart of your, the far, the daughter's heart in you from a father, not safe. And many, many listeners, I guarantee, I just, I don't know if it's the Holy spirit now, like open up things. I'm like feeling hearts of daughters like weeping and being like, Oh, God sees me. He sees me too, because you're being vulnerable and transparent. And thank you. I honor you for that of being like, yeah, my dad wasn't safe, but the father, right. But you and the father got to step in. Oh man. Mm -mm. Yeah. And I think for me, having a father who, um, if he got angry at you, that could be like huge consequences to that. And so there was this underlying current of, I can't make a mistake. I can't say the wrong thing. And the enemy, the way he used that against me was that he made me fearful. It kept me from praying in a way that would be close to God. I was afraid to just pour my heart out and let it come out as it did because I needed it to be perfect. I needed it to sound a certain way. I didn't want to make a mistake with God. And so when I healed, when God healed that relationship for me, mm-hmm. now I can just talk to God. Now I can just lean into him and share everything with him and realize that it doesn't have to be perfect. And that making a mistake does not mean that something bad is going to happen to me or that God's going to be angry with me. You know, I'm like, obviously I'm wrecked over here because of my own things I've walked with through, through, with my father. And I do live with my father still. So the childhood things in me right now are totally being ministered to, um, as far as perfection performance. And then uh, for me in my life, just an, um, piggyback religion then came in. Like you were just saying almost like my stuff I've walked through religion came in is like, you're not good enough anyway. So a, why try? And religion was like, and B, you're not accepted like you, right? The performance. And so when you were sharing that, oh, more hearts even are going to be set free from, I mean, if I'm getting ministered to, maybe it is just for me. Thank you, Jesus. I'll take it. I'll take it if it's just for me. But when it comes to um, those lies that the enemy throws in, how important, and we don't need to go here, dialogue, you don't, because we've talked about this, but I want to ask a question to everyone listening us. How important is it to then get that healing? that how we see our, our earthly mother and father is literally, and the enemy knows this, how we see our um, heavenly father, how, how we relate. So how important is it to get that healed? If you're struggling with something like that. Mm-mm. Yeah. Mm-mm. And I appreciate you and honor you because instead of getting trapped into the lies or whatever the enemy is talking to you about and throwing your way and then some like you push through and you did the deep work. And now you're blessed with your ministry. I, I, even if we're doing like podcasting or any um, brick and mortar, it's a ministry, right? Cause we like, don't, I don't separate it. It's a ministry yeah. man. So by the way, welcome those of you you're in ministry, but, um, and now you're blessed to help empty nest moms through their journey. Oh my goodness. Yes. So when I first became an empty nest mom, it really threw me for a loop mm-hmm. because I had so much of my identity tied to being a mom 
that I just felt blank inside. And like, I wasn't sure what my purpose even was at that time when my children had left. And then on top of that, to sort of complicate things, I went through several years of nearly total estrangement from a prodigal daughter. She had left the Christian faith right after she turned 18 and also decided that she did not want a relationship with me at the same time. So I felt like I had failed as a mom and I was not sure how to fill that loneliness and the void that was within me at the time. Mm. It was really dark, really hard time. But I remember I had read this line of a poem that said, I lost all things that I might gain everything. And I think that sometimes, especially when we've survived trauma or abuse, we try so hard to rely on ourselves because we think that's going to keep us safe, that Jesus removes some things or some people Mm -hmm. so that we learn to rely on him. And sometimes we just need to get alone with God. So that's kind of what led to my working with empty nest moms and wanting to minister to them. And a lot of times, you know, our pain definitely becomes our probably most of the time, but I'm just still learning. Right. So a lot of times our pain becomes our purpose and passion really, but also the Lord will use the Mm. messiest, ugliest mm, stuff to turn it into a masterpiece for his glory. And I, I also am like, when you were saying we try so hard to rely on ourselves again, nuggets and keys here, for people. Cause even me recently, I mean, we're doing 20, I don't even know, 10 year inner healing journey, but definitely 20 years of picking up pieces in my life. And I'm sure it sounds so similar, just different pain, yeah. the different trauma that we've walked through Jenny. And it's like recently the Lord's like, are you going to hold on to the control? Like really, yeah. how, how is it serving you? Are you going to surrender that to me? So I can, well, rock your world is in my terms, but I can bless you abundantly the way I want to. And I'm like, oh, oh man, I trade that control Lord. Oh, just like you said, you just, then you go through the hard times and then, no, I need to rely on myself. Right. Oh, man, I could, yeah, I'll, I'm going to stay focused. Um, tell me more, please, Jenny, about how you navigated through. It's always my heart to like, how did you do this? Because we pick, uh, here's some tools, right? Folks who's listening tools, here's tools in your tool belt, but how did you navigate through the hard things? Like when you were like right at the point of breakthrough or you walk through so much and now, okay, I get to share, you know, you didn't see your ministry yet. So I guess, how did you, yeah. how did you navigate? Sure. So let's talk about how Jesus reaches way down and brings one lost sheep out of the Valley. That was me. Mm-hmm. There's one particular night that really stands out to me when my prodigal daughter was just barely speaking to me and my youngest son was suffering mental health issues. He was walking away from God and he was pulling away from me too. It was just a really hard time. And my youngest son had gotten into the juvenile justice system when he was just 14 or 15 years old. I had tried to call the police to get him mental help but they actually arrested him instead of taking him to a hospital because he told the police that he was in fear that he would harm himself or that he would harm me. And they cuffed him and said it was a domestic threat and hauled him off to juvenile jail. Mm. And so I was really in this space of blaming myself because I'm the one who made that call thinking that I would get him help. And anytime that we start to go into that self-doubt, 
the enemy sees a crack in our armor and that's his opportunity to get in our heads. Mm -hmm. And the Bible tells us that we're free from condemnation. So we know that when we're feeling that, when we're experiencing that, we need to stop and think, who is this coming from? But at that moment, I wasn't thinking that way. I just was blaming myself. And so I walked over to Zars's photo that hangs on the wall, my son that died. And I stood there that night and just stared at Zars's picture. And the devil was taunting me and telling me that I should just end my life, that I had failed my children and it was over for me. So the enemy had me in the ropes. He was really beating me down and attacking me through my family. And oftentimes that's what happens mm-hmm. is the devil will use the people you love the most as a weapon to harm you. But Jesus just reached in. He just swooped down that night and took me off those ropes. And he gave me the word that I had far more power through him than I was using. Mm -hmm. He made me realize that I was under attack, under attack for my children, for my purpose in life, for my very soul, and that it was time to stand up and fight back. So I prayed. I started researching who God says that I am. And I learned how to really take thoughts captive. And I began speaking scriptures over my son and my daughter and over my own life. Mm -hmm. And I let God lead on how to use my former path, my former pain as a platform to help my sisters in Christ. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of how I came to the other side of that situation. And it wasn't, it wasn't a linear process. It was Mm -hmm. sometimes two steps forward and another step back, but that's sort of how I became an empty nest coach. It's how I worked through that with my children. And I want to just add for anybody who may be praying for a prodigal child or maybe experiencing an estrangement from their child, that estrangement with my daughter, once I stepped into my God-given power, it ended. We talk now. She has not returned to the Christian faith yet, but I am believing for her to come home to the truth. Because the Bible tells us that if he abides in us and we abide in his word or his word abides in us, that whatever we ask will be done to us. It may not be in this moment. It may not be tomorrow. But if we stand on that promise and we continue to pray for our prodigal children, they will come back to us. I firmly believe that. And they'll come back to the truth. Yes. Yeah. The God's timing and timeline, right? Like trusting his timing and timeline instead of us, because I don't know, I'm just like, you know, why not now, Lord, why not now? And he's like, okay, let's develop more trust in you. Not that he does that because of it, but I really feel it develops a fruit of patience and trust. And yeah, amen. And I'm in agreement with what you were saying about the prodigal will return in Jesus name. Wow. Ooh, this is so good. Thank you, Father. Um, and just thank you for the encouragement too, because there is moms listening. You know, that it's like, there just is. The enemy yeah. will try anything to break up um, families. Yeah. They'll, you know, raise them up in the way they should go. And that's the word, right? We're standing on this word, Lord. We will raise them up in the way they should go. And when they're old, they won't depart from it. But he heals time. He's outside of time space. So he heals those. I messed up. I messed up with certain, you know, um, our daughters, my 
previous for my previous marriage, my daughter's going to be 21 and I messed up so much. And I'm like, yes, I've released the guilt and all that the enemy tried to do that could have destroyed me. But I'm like, no, you can go back, Lord, and you can rewrite history on her soul. You can go back and you can heal her broken heart and you can, but it doesn't, it's not going to look, he very much revealed this to me. And this is a word for somebody too. It might not look the way I want it to look. Actually, it probably won't look the way I think that you, you know, you restore this way, God. And he's like, um, I will restore, but it won't look like the way you think it should look. And I really, another word for somebody too, has had, I've had to lay down like my expectations of, oh, this is how God's going to heal. Right. Yes. Wow. And we love Holy spirit all up in this place. Holy spirit gets our mic. He gets our platform. This is like, boom. Um, but what do you love about being Holy spirit led in your life? Oh, wow. Even that question brings me joy and makes me feel like tearing up. Um, The Holy Spirit has healed so much in me. I was so broken when I came to God and laid it all at his feet. Holy Spirit has been with me when every other human being walked out. I love praying in tongues and feeling that level of closeness to God. I love also that I don't need to rely on myself or my understanding because Let me tell you, when I try to do it my way, I get it wrong so much of the time. God is with me. God is with you. When you really feel that, when the Holy Spirit is really dwelling in you, what a great gift that is. And I think another amazing aspect of that is that when the Holy Spirit leads me with a client and they tell me that was exactly what they needed, like what I just said or something I sent them or that God really showed up through me, that is one of the highest honors that I think I could be in in receipt of. Mm -hmm. I could not help anyone without that guidance from the Holy Spirit. And when you feel him working through you, that he's using you as a vessel, that is one of the best feelings ever. Yeah. It's like, we were made for that, you know, and it's like, we don't take pride in ourselves. I can totally relate. It's like, yes, Holy spirit. And he, and God gets, he makes us look, God makes us look and Holy spirit makes us look like not genius, but like brilliant. And you're so this and that. And I'm like, no, actually it's the Holy spirit and access. He gets access to my heart. He gets access to my life, but man, healing the soul and healing trauma. I mean, I just, um, just appreciate the Lord bringing us together because it's like, I love looking at a champion of faith, um, a champion and yes, we're babes in in the kingdom. Yay. But you're a champion of faith. You're a champion. You you've run your race. You're running your race. And the Lord's like, look and see what else I'm doing out there. Miranda, look, look at my daughter here, you know, showing you off. And it's just beautiful. It's just beautiful. Uh, And I can speak to that from the client side with you specifically, Miranda, um, you've been my spiritual breakthrough coach and I have been on the receiving end of when God has spoke through you. And it has just been such a word that I knew was just for me. And there's one particular part of a session that always stands out in my mind. And I don't know if you'll remember this, but we were in that, um, like the river of, of flowing water together in a session And we were talking about all the women who had come before me and all the women who would come after me. And you and I were doing this sort of like a guided meditation where we're in this together. And it just flipped a switch for me. And it was so healing. And it, it just, in a moment, it was like, God answered to me, what was I here to do? Why, why did I come here? I'm actually like fighting back tears. (laughs) 
fighting back tears, but I just want to say that when you show up and you let the Holy Spirit speak through you and you just surrender it to God and you don't need to have it all buttoned down, you can be such a healing power for another woman. And the devil wants us to be blocked from that. He wants us to not do that, to be afraid to be that for other people. So I just want to say that from the client side, I have witnessed that and felt the power of that healing that flows through you. So I want to acknowledge you and to acknowledge God for that. Thanks, Jenny. That's special. Cause yeah, I was right there. Hands raised. I know you can't see people can't see us, but I'm hands raised. Like that was the best ever. And it's like destiny. Like he, you know, he already sees the end from the beginning. So like destiny and he loves us enough and he, he's your father, right. And my father, and he wants to, let me show you things to come. Holy spirit will show us things to come. I love that you shared that. I, I kind of like want to go jump back in the river right now. Um, <laughs> tell us more. Uh, okay. So soul print. And especially cause when I first, um, connected with you, I looked up on your website and you know what you do, you go and do homework research. Is this person good? Safe. I mean, safe. Um, it's just me being transparent. So I saw the soul print and it totally intrigued me. Cause I was like, who doesn't need that? First of all, <laughs> thank you Lord for answer prayer, but tell us more, a little more, and please share about the soul print you discovered or how that was revealed wherever your heart wants to take it. Sure. So when I was trying to find my purpose after my kids had all left home, God revealed to me that we each have a soul print. It's like a fingerprint that he gave uniquely to each one of us. And within your soul print are your identity, your purpose, and the impact that you're meant to have on the world. It's the way you're meant to show up. It's the work you're supposed to do and the effect that you're made to leave on this world and the souls that dwell in it. It's the way, because really all of our overriding purpose is to enlarge the kingdom of God. But then the question comes, how, how do I do that? How specifically am I supposed to do that? And that is all contained within your soul print. And we've all met someone, I think, where it's like there's just something about them that you just want to be in their presence. Mm -hmm. And usually when you meet a person like that, it's because they are living from their soul print. And so that energy from God just kind of flows out of them and touches you. And when we live from that place, the empty nest is no longer sad and lonely. When we operate from the soul print, we're at peace, we feel on purpose, and we feel a lot more fulfilled mm. because it's what we're meant to do. It's the way that we are meant to enlarge the kingdom. And sometimes you have to do some unlearning of untrue distractions from the enemy to really plug into that soul print, but it is within you. It's within each and every one of us. Unlearning of untrue distractions. I just... Would love to go a little deeper in that or examples possibly um in many for me mostly a lot of this is just talking to me i know everyone's gonna be blessed but um sharing any untrue distractions or anything like that you have sure so for me personally one of the big untrue distractions was that i was either too much or not enough so i was always trying to morph into something smaller or something different to please the people around me. And that had been some messaging that I had received from different family members who were abusive. And oftentimes people who are abusive will try to keep you second guessing yourself so that they can keep control. And so I had to learn that actually I am not too much and I am enough. God made me just the way I am. And through his power, 
I'm just right for the work that I was called to do. And so I had to really do some inner work about uh, rewriting that story yeah. and cleansing myself from taking on that toxic belief from other people. And I think we all have some element of story like that, that we carry that runs in the background that we have to clean out. And then it's never enough to clean out the house, right? Because it'll get dirty again. So then we have to replace it with the truth of God, who God really says we are. Yes. And yes, you clean out and replace, and you know, it's like making room for the new and make, well, making room for the new, but also having his destiny blueprint and soul blueprint come up from um, within, come out yeah. from within. Yeah. So I feel like oh, that you've shared and, and it's so beautiful and people are getting ministered to Jenny. Like I, if I'm, maybe it's just for me, like I said, okay, but God will use our platforms, you know, for his glory and to heal. So let's say these women are in the middle of like weeping for their prodigals and daughters or sons and children. And they're like, I want to lay it down, Lord. Ooh, I'm feeling that right. Um, I want to do this, but how, and to steward this, well, this podcast, well, this episode, well, is there something on your heart that you would like to share as maybe homework if it triggers people? Okay. Action item or something like that. Uh, that's just what I'm feeling. There is, there are actually two things. There's, um, a thought that comes very heavily on my heart from God. And then there is some, some action work. If people feel led to do that. Awesome. So the thought that I want to share is let's say that we had a sunflower seed and that within that seed, it may look very small, but there is life. So let that represent the word that God has given you, the promise that God has given you, that if he abides in you and you with him, he's going to answer your prayer. But the thing is, if you take that sunflower seed and you just sat it on the kitchen table, nothing's going to happen. It's not going to grow. It's not going to produce the life that is inside of it. But if you put it in the right environment, if you put it in soil, if it has water, if it has sunlight, life is going to burst forth and it's going to become a new thing. And so what we need to do with that promise, because a lot of times what we'll do with the promise from God that's in the word, we read it, we feel encouraged by it, and then we just leave it there. And then we wonder if nothing happens, why? Yep. So we need to provide that environment. And so for that promise to grow, we need to be in prayer. We need to be practicing our faith. We need to be practicing what we speak into existence. If you're able medically to fast, we need to be doing some fasting from time to time on that prayer. And we need to be taking any negative thought captive. And so that kind of leads me into the next piece, which is what can you do? What's the action? Yes. And so I invite anybody listening to go find like Paul's us right now and go find some sort of a rope or a cord, something where you can make a circle big enough for you to stand or kneel down in. So that might be an electrical cord. It might be a rope off of your curtain that holds your curtains back. You can take a blanket and just sort of make it out of a blanket in a circle, whatever works for you, but just make a circular area in the center of your floor. And I want you to physically put yourself inside that circle. And that circle 
is going to represent the boundary of the bloodline of Jesus. So you're inside the boundary of the bloodline of Jesus. That is significant. It means you're protected. It means there's a hedge of angels around you. It means that God is covering you in the blood. And when you're inside that circle, I want you to take a few moments, ask Holy Spirit to lead and really think about what do I need to release? What has the devil been using to cage me, to take away my perception of my power? What do I need to let go of and put outside of this circle? That may be some sort of an insecurity. That may be a false, a lie that the enemy has told you. It may be something that is residual from a parent or a past relationship that didn't go so well. Whatever that is, really let yourself feel it, acknowledge it, and ask God to remove it from the inside of that circle, to put it outside your boundary of protection and to never let it come back again. And I encourage you when you do this, either clap, like ask God to release it Mm -hmm. or snap your fingers. Do you can hit the floor, do something that makes impact and let that symbolize the break of that stronghold and really just let it flow outside that circle and ask God to keep you and all of his thoughts and all the things he wants you to believe protected. And while you're praying for that, put your prodigal or the person you're praying for, put them spiritually in that circle with you. They don't have to be there in the physical presence, but just say, I am putting Anne inside the circle. I'm putting David inside the circle, whoever they are, speak their name out, put them inside that circle with you and ask God to remove everything that's blocking you on the other side of that boundary of protection. Oh man, I am... I'm just sitting and soaking in um, just the glory and just the frequency of heaven here and just knowing people are going to get set free. We thank you ahead of time, Lord. We praise you for victory over everyone listening. Victory is our battle cry and our decree. And Jenny, I want to just add to, and and this, you don't, you guys don't have to do this, but um, as you're releasing for me, like control outside of the circle or pain, um, unhealed pain yet outside of the circle and, oh man, pushing out that stuff. I don't need, um, I'm going to say, Lord, what do you give me in return? Like Jesus, what do you have for me? And, and I want to re just impart, have him impart his peace impart you know, my destiny impart just whatever Lord, what do you have in return? And you're just waiting on the Lord and how powerful. I I just want to say thank you um, for, like you said, the thought with the seed. I'm still like, wait, I'm back there. I'm still back. (laughs) I'm still like, wait a sec, beeps. Um, We're there. Okay. I can't wait to re-listen. And then the seed and the environment, I'm just fired up and then also so relaxed. So it's so fun, but I'm so fired up about the right environment. Yeah. That environment can also include the people you spend time with. Because when we're going through a trial, a lot of times we will want to talk about it and we might talk about it to people who are not the safest or who don't mirror back what God wants us to hear. So part of that environment is who are you talking to about it? Yeah. You could probably do a whole podcast episode for you on who are you talking to yourself about or however that works? Because really, as you're talking, I think back and 
I love myself. I release myself, but oh man, that trauma was having me re re-traumatize, re-talk, re-talk. And so as you're talking, I, again, too, in my spirit, my heart is like, thank you for the right people. God, that surrounds my life. Thank you that I'm free from re, you know, the re-traum or just talking it over. And there's a time and place, you guys, there's a time and place to go to find a coach, hire a coach, uh, safe people, friends, but she's so right. The people that surround you. And it's so important to have that circle. Um, I'm just, again, still at the seed in the life. And I love the visual. I love the exercise. I appreciate that just free exercise. The value that you're offering is just so amazing. Um, and I want to, first, I want to know where can, and everyone who's listening, find you. And then second, um, anything else you want to share before you, before we close, but where can they find you? So probably the number one place to connect is, uh, in the free Facebook group. So, uh, you can go to empty nest.community and that will take you to the free Facebook group. And it's a growing group of Christian empty nest women. Some of them are praying for prodigals. Some of them are not really with a prodigal, but they are empty nest, but we are all believing women. We encourage each other. It's a very safe space. So empty nest.community to connect. And as far as what's on my heart, I just want to encourage anyone listening that I feel like God is giving me the word that you are not too broken. And I know this is coming from God because I'm super tearing up. Um, You are not too broken. You are not beyond the reach of God. He will leave the 99 and rejoice to find you again and bring you the one lost sheep like I was when I was standing in front of my son's picture that night and the devil was saying, you're not fit to live. You have failed your children. It was a lie. It was a lie of the enemy designed to take me out because he didn't want me to do my work for God. And it's the same for you. You are not too lost. You are not too broken. Do not give up. Just give it to Jesus and accept his love because he said that you were worthy of everything. He died for you. He came back for you and he's waiting for you. So I just want to encourage somebody right now that you are not beyond repair and you've got something important inside of you to do. We, we have to close with that before we're all weeping on the floor. (laughs) I am in agreement with that. And he's shared that personally with me when I was like, you can't fix me. And the enemy was lying. I was like, he's like, Nope, nothing you're not too broken. Nothing's impossible. My hand's not short that I can't save my ears not dull that I can't hear. And I hung on to that verse over me and my fam. Oh man. Thank you, father. Well, thank you, Jenny. I do. I I know I want to keep going and going, but I'm like, I know (laughs) it's time to end with that beautiful exercise action step thought about the seed life where they could find you the free Facebook community, empty nest.community. And the free face with growing free Facebook community. And then also you're not too broken that you can't heal. Uh, thanks, Jenny. Appreciate you. Thank you so much for having me, Mara.